0: Fakes it, takes it, what a goal by And after 22
1: years... Good morning, good afternoon, Oregon, evening. I'm Steph talking into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for March 20th, 2017. Coming up on the show, we look at the newest faces, and we generally chat shit in the Red Wings' direction, but than the whoosh, I am joined by fellow disembodied voice Earl 06. Hey, Earl. Good evening. And by fellow disembodied voice, Ryan Murphy. Hey, Ryan. Howdy-ho. On Monday, Avs lose one nothing in Arizona to the Coyotes in a game that I'm told actually happened. Uh, Colorado was allegedly outshot 35-22, to which is disgusting. Then on Wednesday, Avs win 3-1 over the Detroit Red Wings on the back of goals from Matt Duchesne, Carl Soderberg, and JT Comfer, his first in the NHL. And what a beauty it was, Honestly. Then some jackass threw a squid on the ice. Both teams are garbage. You had to smuggle that thing in, probably in your pants. You're disgusting, too. <laughs> then on Saturday, the Avs round up a home and home with the Wings and lose 5 to 1, Nathan McKinnon being the only one. But it wasn't as bad as that sounds. The game was tied with 15 minutes to play. Colorado had been getting Jimmy Howarded, but also passing up a lot of really good chances, looking for great chances. And that finally bit him when the bottom, f- bottom fell out in the third. And we're recording before the game on Sunday. So um, how big of a fan of JT Confer are you guys at this point?
0: Big. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it's a capital big yet, but definitely foresee him as a very useful NHL player. Um, that goal he scored was absent from a lot of Colorado avalanche players most of the year he skated to the middle of the ice got a good angle and took a shot through traffic and it actually got through traffic and through a goalie
0: yeah it it was nice I know he's he's been kind of a sniper in the AHL most of the year and I think it was kind of weighing on him a little bit not having scored that I mean you hear him talk after uh, each game and he's always like well you know he he always talks about the team first rather than what he did or did not do but uh, I think that was a big weight off and um, you know hopefully for the rest of the season he can kind of relax and just keep ripping those nice shots do you think he's a 20 goal scorer I mean I think if if you wanted to try and make him into one because no one else could do that role I mean <clears throat> you could finagle it he might get there anyway, but you know, I think what he can bring is is much more than than being a scoring uh, threat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the good two way play is really where he's going to uh, make a difference. And you know, he, he's the kind of guy that might score twelve goals one year, twenty five the next, and eighteen the next. You know, I mean, but I, I think his real contributions are going to go more than than what he puts up as far as points.
1: Fair enough. Um, I I see him scoring 20 goals a time or two based on uh, the way that he attacks the offensive zone. And that's not, I don't know if I even see him having much of a role in the top six once Colorado, like, fix their forward problem. Um, But, I mean, that's that's good. They need that secondary depth scoring. They don't have that as part of the issue this year. Right, also, really
2: easy to see him as a good third liner, mm-hmm. which Colorado hasn't had a good third line in ten years.
0: Well, also he's a good third liner that can move up and be that second line center if you need him for a few games, kind which is something
1: uh-huh. kind of that uh, Jamie McGinn tweener kind of role.
0: Yeah, I mean it. You know, John Mitchell has sort of been that in the past, and with with really bad results, and you know, Carl Soderbergh's really not. Not playing that role very well this year, so <laughs>
1: or any role very well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but just just having a, a guy like that that's <clears throat> you know going to be very good for you on the third line. But you know if your second or first line center goes down and you have to move him up, he's not going to be out of place. Right.
2: I mean, right now he doesn't look a wick out of place playing NHL hockey, and I don't think he'd look out of place in a couple of years. You know, subbing on a second line. Um, that's definitely well within his ability level.
1: Yeah. That's that's been the same kind of impression that I've had is that he looks like he belongs. Um, which is the same way that we felt about AJ Greer earlier in the year. Um mm-hmm. and it's the same impression that we got about Miko Rantanen when he uh when he started his regular Avalanche. Not last year when he he did not look like he belonged, this year it was like, Okay, this guy's here.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll put Sven Andraghetto in there, too. I mean, you know, he's been a guy that's sort of been up and down in the AHL and the NHL this year and, and sort of been in the fourth line role with uh, the Habs. But he's come up and, you know, you, you probably want him in a third line role, um, you know, on a good team or at the beginning of the season when you're all healthy. But, you know, he can do some things that, you know, he, he could play in the top six for you. Uh, for a while and not look out of place. <laughs> Especially on this team.
1: <laughs> I honestly don't remember um, Andrew Ghetto's contract status, so I'm looking it up. He is an RFA.
0: Yep.
1: He's making 650 this year, which means that his QO will be slightly higher than that. But still under no a million. No brainer. Huh? No brainer. I mean, that's, that's an easy qualifier, and then you tried to uh, make a Make a nice little deal happen sometime around uh, mid-July, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Anytime after the expansion draft. <clears throat>
1: um, I think that guys who have been qualified are actually eligible for the expansion draft.
0: Yeah, but you don't have to qualify them before the expansion draft.
1: What's when do you have to qualify them?
0: The day after the draft.
1: Which hmm. is after the okay.
0: Uh, sorry, the day after the amateur draft. Yeah, it's
1: like a week later, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think the expansion draft happens, and then the, I, I don't know what I don't know what day. What is it, the eighteenth? I don't know what day that is, but whatever, It's probably the next Friday after that's going to be the amateur draft.
1: Similar, uh, s- similar contract status with regards to protecting the expansion draft for uh, Weirkosh and for. Um Zadorov Matt and Matt Nieto and Mikhail Garenko. Although I think we talked last time about Zadorov not being eligible. No, he is. Or he is eligible. Something. I yeah. don't know. This. We spent like half an hour on it, and I'm still confused by it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> what would I be the advantage? Have, yeah, I hope the Avs th- don't think that he's not eligible to be picked because he's not going to be signed, or hmm. something dumb. You know, some clerical error, and they end up losing him, but.
1: Not that NHL teams would do that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Flash. So, what would be the, the Rino advantage Rino of
2: deal? tendering or not tendering a contract until after the drafts or after the expansion
0: drafts or vice versa? They can't. Um, What's just the- just for the number of guys you have to have as far as being offered that have to have contracts.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Because, like, uh, the 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 uh, the advantage is that you don't have to use a protection slot on them. Right. The disadvantage is now you've got all these extra protection slots and a whole bunch of guys you'd rather see go. So I don't know if it even really matters, but uh, that's the way a clever team would work it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, for, the last thing I heard is that Vegas is basically going to take offers from anyone in the league. Like, who do you want on any team, and what do you want to trade me for them? So let's you know, let's pretend Barbario is is left exposed as our defenseman. You know, if, if you know Florida comes to them and say we'll give you a second and this dude right here for Barbario, then they'll make that deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Um, it's which be an is interesting an interesting
1: time, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it 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 could make for an absolutely manic week leading into the draft and at the draft itself.
1: So, so NHL, why didn't you do it in August? think of all the wrinkles that would have added to free agency too
2: hey man there's a lot of golf to be played in august
1: that i
0: mean if you know whoever you do lose you kind of want to replace them and there's two ways to do that trades at the draft and free agency so I mean, if you're going to York someone out of a team, you got to give them a shot at replacing them somehow.
1: And, you know, that honestly, as, as much as we hate on August, I kind of appreciate the break. The, the NHL season goes on too long.
0: Yeah, except for when your coach leaves. <laughs> right, we didn't
2: have that luxury last year. We only had a couple weeks of it.
1: Right, that's true. Um, but that was for chaos reasons, not things-are-happening reasons. <laughs> The, uh, the, yep,
2: I, I the agree old, with you. Uh, I think a break is necessary.
1: Yeah, it's the old mantra from Jeff Merrick, which is, Gary, get your game out of June. <laughs> it's hot. I want to go swimming. I don't want to still be watching an ice game in June. Which isn't true for me. I'm pretty bored by swimming, but for a lot of people it is. <laughs> so I the, tend uh, to like the
2: things that surround swimming. <laughs> The, uh, the ephemera of swimming-type
1: places. The okay, so we have a title for the episode. The ephemera <laughs> of swimming-type places. The other fresh face that we've seen um, is Anton Lindholm. And uh, I have largely not noticed him, which I'm going to assume is good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we notice NHL defensemen on the
0: avalanche all the time. <laughs> not in a good way. Precisely. But
1: they're often scoring the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. I mean, aside from the fantastic drive to the net he had yesterday, I did, you know I thought like, man, are they spitting Anton? You know, I was kind of worried about his toi. I looked up and he, he's getting regular shifts. He's right up there in, in time on ice, so you know he's and out. And he's playing
2: there doing, with Boschaman and
1: Tooten. <laughs>
0: yeah, good luck. But he's good out luck. there doing doing stuff on the ice that we don't know notice. So he's doing a good job.
1: I'm just like. And I've been open about this as the the entire length that we've had this show. I'm a pretty poor evaluator of defensemen, so I often don't notice the good things unless they're fantastic. And uh, the bad things are obviously going to stand out because they end up in the back of your net, especially this year. Mm -hmm. So I've generally learned that if I don't see a new person and they are getting ice time, then they're probably doing their job.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, he has done some noticeable stuff besides that nice drive to the net. Like, you know, he'll he'll just he'll get the puck away from some opponent in the defensive zone, and he'll just go ahead and pass it to a forward, and they break out of the zone. It's the craziest thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you just you don't even notice it because it's just like <laughs> it's supposed to be. Um, he'll just pass it out bro- of
1: the bro- zone to the forward. It's a crazy thing.
0: Yeah. Or he'll just get the puck and he'll start skating up ice with it, you know?
1: <laughs> it's just nutty. And, and meanwhile, Boschman and Tootin are standing behind him like, you can do that? Yeah. Come on, man. Where's the D-to-D pass? <laughs> Why didn't you put it off <laughs> the
0: glass? Uh, not letting the other team set up.
2: Blind backhand chip out.
1: Randy Carlyle <laughs> will be losing his shit.
2: So what? He's, he's through two games now? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah,
1: he played I mean, both Detroit games.
2: He's been both positive shot differential, like, easily in both games. And granted, it is against the Red Wings, who are also not very good. Anton
1: Lindholm has played his entire NHL career against the Detroit Red Wings. (laughs) If he got sent back down, that would be an amazing piece of trivia. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, 15 shots forced last night and 11 allowed. I mean, please give me that out of an NHL rookie, especially one we didn't have a lot of expectations for during the season.
1: Are you getting yeah. that from having, like, stat trick up or something? Because or, if you do, yes. uh, could you tell me who his most common forwards were?
0: Uh, I don't I have hockey stats up, just because uh, I can read it easier. I didn't see I didn't see last games, but he was generally with the bottom six in the first game.
1: Let me see if I can pull it up one-handed here.
0: Look at, look at Micah's charts for that.
1: No, I, l- I like the stat trick's interface. I'm very used to it.
0: <clears throat> um... But, yeah, I mean, I, I've just – he's transitioned seamlessly from the AHL into the NHL. I mean, I, I think the the big thing for him was in the beginning of the year learning to deal with the big ice. And then after he got used to that, they started saying, you know, you, you claim to be this – Stayed home defenseman that has no offensive skills whatsoever, and they started building on that. And he's he's actually developed a few. Like he had the worst shot I've ever seen any defenseman have mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, <laughs> and you know he, he has something usable now. Um, he's able to sort of you know get some nice passes going in the in the offensive zone. I mean, he's just you know he's he's not your Rhino Burn like. You know, I don't do anything in the offensive zone type guy. I mean, he's he's a two-way defenseman.
1: So uh, Lindholm played almost exclusively with Tootin and Boschman, and then his most common forwards were Carl Soderbergh, Matt Nieto, and Joel Colborne, um, and John Mitchell, and Blake Como and J.T. Comfort before there's any kind of drop-off. He played pretty equally with those two lines.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out with positive possession metrics.
1: He is, like yeah. with basically everyone.
2: And what's more astounding is that his playing partners, especially defensively, have not quite had the same success.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He uh, was a very strong relative player. Let me see. He was uh, not very strong, but he was a strong relative player. He was 3% yesterday. Probably Mm -hmm. more the day before.
2: Yeah, it was definitely more the previous game.
1: But um, just... He's just a guy that, um, he, he has something that, uh, Dario, Dario, I, I always call him Dario because I'm an idiot, uh, that Dario calls, like, good panic, which is this, like, impetus to get, to cover, like, to rush to cover wherever he needs to be, instead of just kind of, like, I don't know, floating, for lack of a better word, like you see people yeah. do. Um, he has some initiative. <laughs> yeah, and, like, when I first saw that, it kind of looked to me like he was uncomfortable and then after Dario raved about it I realized it was because I wasn't used to seeing someone actually rush to get to where they're supposed to be defensively and then I got <laughs> sad
0: yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's sad. more than that he's actually aware of where he's supposed to be which a lot of people aren't
2: right seems very comfortable in the system too I mean you are seeing results with young defensemen that are coming up to the avalanche where you are not seeing them with the veterans um, they're used to playing this style of hockey.
1: Um, soon, uh, we may see a uh, another Avalanche signed. Too, maybe not to the, maybe not to actually play with the Avalanche right now, but we may see a new contract come out. <clears throat> we may have more new faces to talk about. Will Butcher, um, the NCHC, which I think stands for National Collegiate Hockey Conference, but I'm probably wrong. Um, he's the NCHC Player of, of the Year. He's the Ho- a Hobie Baker finalist, and he is destined by his name to be a Marvel supervillain. And he will soon be offered a contract, according to BS and Denver.
2: Which there was a bit of a scare earlier in the week, uh, you know, especially in some you know SB Nation back channels where editors were talking about, like, "What are the Avalanche thinking, not signing this guy?" I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. Where'd you read that?" <laughs> and apparently, Elliot Friedman had. Repeated some information about the Avalanche not intending to sign him after last season, right? And a lot of people thought that carried some weight, you know, for this year. And I just I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, we saw Corey Pronman really uh, pushing that on Twitter for some reason, despite like thousands of Avalanche fans in his mentions going, "That's a year old information."
0: Right. I mean, was, he's talking about Chambers' article, which was so much inference and yeah. not a lot of substance
1: it was, oh, you're not signing this NCAA guy. I guess you're never going to sign an NCAA player.
0: Yeah. From what I understand, what happened last year is that Butcher and the Avs and Coach Montgomery got together and said, you know, they, they tried to decide what, we, what would be best for everybody. And right. the Avs were probably in the position like, you know, you know you're, you're pretty good, but you're not going to help us at the NHL level next year. You'd just be in the AHL. So there's no hurry on our part to sign you. If you want to stay in college, that's great. You know, AHL college, it doesn't make a big deal. It's not a big deal. Montgomery was probably like, well, he's my captain and one of the best D on the team, so I'd rather keep him. And Butcher's like, well, I might win a title rather than being in who knows what in San Antonio. So, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense that he didn't sign last year. Absolutely.
2: And he's gotten a great opportunity this year to play on a very good team and compete for you know national recognition with a Hobie Baker award yeah, win a national the best championship team in the country. yes and you know uh, that's probably time better spent you know go get a college degree than playing in the AHL on a not very good rampage team so you know you've got time here the avalanche probably gave him enough reason to you know earn the confidence and he needs just to go back for another year like, hey, we'll sign you at the end of it. We'll talk then.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't see anyone and any one of the interested parties being, you know, un, displeased with how they handled it last year.
2: Right. You I know, mean, I, they've got the contract it, openings, they got the money, and they need the depth at the AHL level immediately. <clears throat> so there's no reason not to tender a contract, Will Butcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is how. I mean, when you draft a college player, that's not you know, a first round or even a second round pick. A fifth round pick. A fifth round pick. This is kind of what you envision as a guy spending four years in college and then you say, you know, all right, you're 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 finished. You're ready to turn pro. and <laughs> <laughs> but You're not finished in this town, but, you know. You've, you, you're, you have a sense that you're sculpted to the way you should be after four years of college.
1: You don't need to cook anymore.
0: Exactly. So...
1: You can turn off the fire.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just... I, I, I don't think the Avalanche really ever thought that they were not, not going to sign this guy. You know?
2: Yes. The internet panic this week was disappointing on a number of levels. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just... You know, Chambers is such a DU shill that I, I couldn't believe for a second if the Avalanche didn't intend to sign him that he wouldn't have made it a bigger story yeah and I mean it, we would also, have heard about it, that like, about five times by
0: now. I, I like Butcher a lot, but it's he's not one of these guys that can like w- wait it out and uh, on August 15th have ten teams waiting for him either you know right. you know he's still kind of a project you know he's small, doesn't skate that well, yada, yada yada. Um, so you know this this is this is right how you would imagine things happening with this situation. Yes.
2: It worth an ELC. You know, worth seeing how he plays out in San Antonio against other prospects. Uh, you know, I'm interested in seeing how it translates.
1: And worth seeing what his evil plan turns out to be. <laughs> to how he's going to take over the world.
2: Will because no, that's the only evil butcher. plan there can be.
1: There's I, I no other evil could, plans. You can either take over the world or you can destroy the world. There's, those are your choices. And as someone who lives on the world, I can't imagine him wanting to destroy it. (laughs)
0: Unless he's a nihilist, you know. Well, it's just nice because, you know, he would be the second or third, depending on how things roll, uh, defenseman ELC we're going to get this year. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Has it been... I think the Avs haven't officially announced it, but... Basically, everyone else has that Nick Melosh has, has been signed. Um, you know, and, and we know that Butcher will probably get an offer. I'm pretty confident he'll get an offer. And then we have the Miranoff situation, which sounds like it's going fine. You know, he I guess his team just finished up this week in the KHL playoffs, so that ball's mm-hmm. going to start rolling.
1: Now, see, I didn't know that Melosh was close to signing, so um, thank you for the news.
0: Yeah, he'd, he go down and have signed.
1: My life the, has been so crazy that I have just not had time to keep up. Yeah, well, I've heard that
2: being episode. reported. Um, <laughs> I mean, they intended to sign you them when they're playoff year if it occurs. You know, oh, sorry, ends.
1: spoilers.
0: Yeah. They're not quite out of it yet, are they? Not even close. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the regular season just ended yesterday in the queue. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, J.C. Bodin and and Malosh are signed. Um, so that you know, that's one de- defenseman we have for sure. If, if we get Butcher and, and Miranoff as well, I mean, that's you know, that's three decent defensemen we're going to have entering the system at the pro level next year.
1: I, I do mm-hmm. hasten to add, reportedly.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, true. I mean, that's going to strengthen the entire you know organization defensively. Uh, whether or not these guys turn out, they're going to be probably uh, better than what they currently have.
0: Yeah, and you add that to Lindholm and Boykov signing last year, it's mm-hmm. all right. You got five good young defensemen in the system where you had none at this time last year. It's an improvement. Yeah.
2: Do you think uh we see you know Bodan and Marwash you know, in the ECHL a little bit?
0: You think Next that's year? A, Yeah. Uh I mean I kinda doubt it. I mean right. I think it the only pretty. reason Mantell is down there is because the the Rampage were eliminated from the playoffs about two months ago and you know it'd be nice for him to get some more time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I was just kind of doing some math in my head and trying to figure out if uh, these guys needed to be playing in San Antonio next year. I think definitely. Yeah, at
0: some point. I, 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 I would say Malosh will be in the top four in Rampage D next season. Mm-hmm. Maybe not right off the bat, but very soon after. Yep. Lindholm and Boykov. We took Lindholm maybe a month and a half, probably less, maybe three four weeks to get in the top four boykov it took a, a few months <clears throat> but you know those are the kind of guys it looks like they want to stock up on down there you know we can sort of move away from you know having veterans that aren't very good to to shepherd them sort of <laughs> no more gus youngs necessarily and Gus Young is fine. I mean, that's that's no the more kind Matt Clark. Like, yeah, he's on an AHL contract, and you can sit him if you want. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah, one team, Matt's more of the issue.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Clark is just you know, he's not very good. I you know, I, I know it's it's a sore topic for everybody, but I'd love to see Duncan come back. And if he doesn't make the Aves, which he probably won't, you know, he's basically the captain there right now. Love to see him come back, be the captain, and, and be the, the anchorman D. Yeah,
2: and Bodan, by virtue of his position, is probably a pretty strong lock for San Antonio, too, just because he plays center. And yeah. uh, there's not a lot of centers in the HL for the Avalanche. No, they need centers.
0: Huh. You know, they, they picked up Colin Smith, who used to be in the Avs organization, um was traded to Toronto for matthias last year and, and came back in a a paper trade this year, but he's not, not really. really a center and he's he's basically the second line center right now,
2: yep, I mean that team's got uh, you know depth issues probably even worse than the avalanche do well,
0: they just, just it's, a lot of- they they don't have what they need at, at center and in some other positions hmm. um, yeah. It's tough.
1: I don't know. Do you really think that we're going to see Siemens back with this franchise next season?
0: I mean, it, I think it depends on how how he feels about being in that role. You know, I just I don't see him as being a hot commodity around the league. Hmm. You know, I, I you know I look at him as like another Jared Tenorti or Jamie Alexiak, which is something that basically every club has one of. Is a guy that's you know. Pretty, pretty highly thought of for a few years, but didn't make it to the NHL club, and probably won't be a full-time NHLer anytime soon. You know, I just uh, if Duncan's cool with being in that role as being the captain of the AHL team and and being a leader down there, which you know I think he enjoys that. Whether you know whether he wants to give up on his NHL dream at this point is another thing, but. You know, I just I just can't see too many teams being that interested in signing him.
2: Pretty big difference in money too. I mean, if you can f- catch on to some other team that might give him a better opportunity, as like an eighth defenseman, you know, that might be on the NHL roster. Yeah, I mean, it's a big pay bump.
0: Exactly. If someone's interested in, him in as a NHL defenseman, you know, I don't see any reason why he'd stick around. <laughs> you know, I think I think what the Avs could do is is give him a you know an NHL deal. A two-way deal where he gets paid well in the EHL and, you know, something in the the two to $300,000 range. And, you know, if he does make it up to the NHL, give him a million dollars, that kind of thing.
1: hmm I mean, the oh, only, no, only difficulty is that he is an RFA this summer. So, I mean, the Avalanche can qualify him and keep his rights.
0: He does have arbitration, though. So I can't imagine... I can't imagine what he'd be armed
2: with going into that room. I could have been good. Could have been a
0: contender. Had 20 points in 200 games. Baby.
2: Let's <laughs> throw a football over a mountain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> threw a football over a mountain. Threw, threw a bus over a small hill. Yeah. Once threw a house across the street. I demand an additional $5 an hour. (laughs) Well, I mean, Tucker, there's not really much demand for those services on our team. Is there anything else you might be able to throw that might help more? (laughs) I I once threw a puck around the world. You're in.
2: All the way around the world and back in my own net.
1: He he threw it and he caught it. (laughs) He didn't move and he didn't throw it up, either. Which would be weird, because he would have had to eat it first. This bit has gone on long enough. Um, to balance the uh, Will Butcher villainy, the Rampage have also signed Av's prospect and destined by name to be a superhero, Ben Storm, to an amateur try-out deal. Yeah.
0: I, is he with is the team? Good for him, I didn't see that coming.
1: Is he with the team yet?
0: I don't know if he's down there yet.
1: Because I... I was really hoping he'd be the reason they broke that... Dozen game losing streak.
0: No, <laughs> they 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 just announced it after the game Saturday night. So um, I think their first practice will be on Monday. And Coach Veiu said that that both uh, Ben Storm and the other guy they signed out of the University of Vermont, which is Brady Shaw, um, Some they'll, they'll get a f- yeah they'll they'll get a few practices in and then they'll see where they need to go. He kind of hinted that maybe. He's seen some of Ben Storm skating, and maybe he wasn't all that impressed with it, and maybe he might go down to the Eagles. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Storm was the sixth round pick right after Butcher was the fifth back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, played four years at St. Cloud State. He was a captain this year. He, he, he was drafted as a defenseman, but is now a forward. He's uh, also 6'7, 230. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. big. So, if you can get anything out of that, that that's nice.
1: Yeah, if you can get yeah. even an AHL player out of a sixth, that's found money.
0: Exactly. Right. You know, it's like I, I could, you know, if he's able to handle ECHL-level hockey, I could see them signing him to an, an AHL contract next year and, you know, see where it goes. Passing them back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know anything about the other dude. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he comes from a very rigid defensive system, and that's about it. Rigid? Yeah. Like? Like Mike Yo rigid.
1: Like, like you stand in place and reach and never move?
0: So, <laughs> no, like people know where they're supposed to be and they get there.
1: Oh, you mean, <laughs> you mean structured?
0: Yeah. Uh, disciplined. Ah. Discipline. Structured. Yeah.
1: Not so. man-to-man when you feel like it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which we have seen Oops. not that long ago. I just I want to see some prospects on the
2: Eagles, man. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah.
1: So we hopefully
2: did
0: hopefully not get a lot of that.
1: Have a good reason to go watch some Eagles games, eh? Yeah.
0: yeah. But, but hopefully, the guys that monitor the rampage practices will be there this week and we'll sort of see where those guys are fitting in.
1: <laughs> monitor. Mega Scientist like spies.
0: And just to put a cap on our AHL segment, the Rampage lost their lost 12 in a row. And starting Sunday, they won three in a row. And then this weekend, they had two uh, overtime or shootout losses. So last five games have been okay after a really dismal five weeks.
1: Yeah, y'all may have noticed we haven't talked much about the, the Rampage lately. and It's because they have been no respite from the avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, they have definitely yeah. been their father's son this last couple of weeks.
0: But yet despite that, then we have two guys that came up from the rampage and look pretty damn good. That's <laughs> weird. What's that all about, man? <laughs> That's not even work. Called up from a team that loses 12 in a row and you come up and look great on your NHL team. How's that? <laughs> uh,
2: I mean it just goes to show there's some, you know, motivational problems up and down the organization. I mean some of these players just aren't being incentivized very well.
1: There's a little bit of that, and then there's some people are just complimentary players and they will not play as well when they're in a worse situation. Absolutely. I think we saw that happen with uh fucking hair guy, Everberg. Before <laughs> before he separated his shoulder.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> can Barbario be hair guy now?
1: Yeah, he totally can. Oh yeah.
2: I'm okay. down. Somebody's gotta be that dude.
1: Barbario. <laughs> so I will give my first star of the week directly to the uh the first NHL goal of JT Comfer. He has earned it because I I need to see more plays like that attempted, let alone converted on by this team, so my star goes to JT Confer.
0: I'll second that.
1: Welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't wait until you uh, start to screw up terribly and become uh, one of our scratches. It happens to everybody. Who's who else we got?
2: Uh, Nathan McKinnon's probably worth a star this week. Um, I'd give him a second star.
0: Yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> because Barry hit him in the foot yesterday. He had
1: an extremely calculated goal yesterday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now, let's see. Am I thinking the previous week? Am I just like mixing all these up? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Well, let me let's look back and see what McKinnon has done in the last two weeks. So against St. Louis, he obviously did nothing because there were zero goals scored. Um, against Carolina, he got one. That was an empty netter, I believe. Against
2: mm-hmm.
1: New Jersey, he got another one.
0: Let's see. Didn't get one versus Arizona.
1: Against Ottawa, he did not get one. He got no points in that game. In Arizona, he also got no points. And then Nobody. on Wednesday, he also got no points. And, uh, and yesterday, he scored. So, mm-hmm. technically. So, I don't know. yeah, you may be looking at last week.
2: Yeah, I think I am. But, you know, maybe anecdotally, I've just recognized good play. I mean, uh, the points may not be getting on the board, but they certainly are more often than most Avalanche players have <laughs> last little while. Um, but, you know, again, that guy just drives his line, and I wish they were able to produce more goals because it would be easier to recognize. At
0: least they got Bork off his line.
1: <laughs> I wish they get Bork
0: off his roster. It would be even better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just so surprising that the PTO that everyone said this is going to end poorly is ending poorly.
2: <laughs> <sighs> if it didn't start off so well, it probably would have ended better.
0: He's not terrible in the offensive zone. I mean, there are things he does in the offensive zone that are, you know, somewhat NHL-ish. But yeah, and he skates in a straight line,
2: like quick enough to hang with some of those guys too. Unlike a lot of other complimentary, you know, players at
0: the Avalanche.
1: It's just that when but the puck comes to him, he can't do much with it.
0: And he's so terrible in the defensive zone, it's just scary.
1: And then he's occasionally prone to just kabonging somebody for no reason.
0: Does, like, a good,
2: take it a good penalty or two.
1: Speaking of which, um, do we do we have our third star? Did someone say a third star? Did I miss it?
0: Go ahead. I, I, said, I, I could kind of say Pickard until yesterday.
1: Yeah, Pinker yeah. allowed two goals two goals in two games, that's pretty good. Okay, scratches. Mm-hmm. Uh Fetter Tutin is suddenly getting called for all his penalties.
0: Yeah.
1: We've I'm uh, doing
2: other hall. which he was already getting called cool. for quite a few.
1: We've we kind of marveled all season long at Fetter Tutin for how every shift is kind of like Adam footish and that he would do four <laughs> or five illegal things and somehow it's just fine. Yep. Well it's <laughs> it's not fine anymore, and he's putting his team at a disadvantage a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is in addition to turning the puck over in the defensive zone and <laughs> mm-hmm. everything else. And
1: punting it's been pretty... and leaving the front of the goal unguarded. and
0: Watching goals go by him.
1: Watching, Yeah, watching goals go by as his man's ass is right in Pickard's face. Not that there's anything wrong with that unless you're trying to make a save. So, to- do something. Legal, please. Who's
0: next? EJ. Ooh. Ooh. He had a horrible game yesterday. I mean, he's been kind of up and down since he got back. And, you know, I, I know the team is doing better because he's in the lineup. But he was, I, I don't know what, maybe he's just not good at day games or something like that. But
1: <laughs>
0: I, I would say three goals he had a pretty big hand in yesterday. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Is Eric Johnson good at day games? Let's ask Elias Sports Bureau. They'll probably know. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: and it, I mean, I I'm not ragging on him, you know, to say he's a terrible player or anything. He just had a bad game yesterday. I'm glad mm-hmm. he's back in the lineup. I know he's not even close to a hundred percent, but. Um, he and Barbario together, it's, it's, you know, it's fun, but it can be scary.
1: I just have a hard time ragging on a guy who's coming off a knee injury right back into this kind of terrible situation. But you're you're right; that was a like a, I don't even know what the word what the adjective I want is. It was just a bad game. Yeah, it, it happened. He had a horror show of an afternoon, and hopefully that doesn't happen again.
0: He's the kind of mm-hmm. guy that cares about something like that, though. So I mean, it's. You know, I I know that affects him, and he won't want that to happen again tonight. So he's yeah, conserving for- energy.
2: <laughs> Something.
1: So we'll just make excuses
2: uh, for Eric Johnson because we like him.
1: So that's two yeah. defensemen down. Are we are we going to scratch a third one? or Are we going to look at the forwards or
2: <sighs> the bench? I mean, what can you do? I mean, just uh, this team can't score a goal in Arizona. That's just, you know, dumbfounding. And there's so much blame to go around.
1: Twenty-two I shots. Think
2: we, yeah. I mean, can we just give a collective scratch?
0: I don't know. I'd almost give a, a JB a scratch at this point. <clears throat> I'm starting to I'm starting to lose faith and lose patience in what oh. he's doing. Uh-oh. You know, a lot of this stuff, like the Bork on the top line, given putting Carl and Malkin and, and Como together, putting Malkin and Como with JT Comfer. And I realize he doesn't have a lot of choices, and, you know, he's, he's probably run through every different line combo he can think of this year. But, um, <clears throat> you know, scratching Gregoranko yesterday was just baffling. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why... Tootin's still playing, and, and Weirkosh and, and Goldbeef aren't. You know, I just I, I have some personnel move problems with him right now.
2: I can get behind that. I think all of us have been a little confounded about how the season's progressed because while we recognize it's bad and totally lost season and difficult to watch, I, I think we all expected a progression of young talent to – you know, make a difference on this roster towards the end of the year. And we're suffering through a lot of Fetter Tutin and Francois Beauchemin.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you want to get younger, play younger guys. I mean, that's, you know, don't talk about it, do it.
1: I think we also expected to see some uh, systemic progression where we're seeing fewer point shots and more dangerous ones. And that's just not happening very often. Instead, we're Mm -hmm. passing on breakaways
0: yeah I mean it you know you, they get new guys in the lineup and it just it there's a little bit of a, a, a bump right away, but you know it seems like after a little while they they start kind of playing down to where everyone else is, and it's just you know it's troubling i you know I don't know if I want to blame that on him but i I don't know where else to turn uh, blame is deserved by somebody or a lot of people,
2: yeah, I mean that much we can agree on, and it may be him um I I think we've discussed this, you know, people keep asking our Twitter account, you know, is Jared Bender fired this off season? And I don't have a
0: definitive answer for that. Um, I don't think he will be, but I just, uh, you know, I want to have some confidence going into next year that he's going to make the right decisions as far as crafting the lineup and, you know, not making the the Bork on the PTO mistake again and and things like Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's just what, what this team needs to do going forward is actually get younger and faster. And, if the younger, we, faster guys aren't getting the chance above crappy old slow vets, then, then we're we're not going to go very differently than we have this year.
2: We need to see the roster overhauled in the direction this team wants to head. You know, yeah. we have to see that. And, and I don't have confidence that he'd be fired either, unless Joe Sackick is. In which case, I you know, I think he goes too. Yeah.
0: But,
2: uh, I mean, we just need to see an overhaul of... System, personnel, culture—I mean, a lot of things need to be different heading into next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, with the, with playing Tooten and Bushman so much, I mean, Nolan Pratt goes into that. We don't know how much input he has into the defensive lineup, but you know, you figure it has to be some. Um, so <laughs> it's just—you it know—I'm it, it, having a hard time really being confident that they're that they know what they want to do and are able to. to be aggressive in playing younger guys over older or they're personally trying to tank yeah <laughs>
2: I mean on purpose uh, I mean that very well could be a thing we should yeah, not I mean, I'd like to that. think
0: they're doing something tricky here but it's just every time when you think the Avs are doing something tricky it just turns out they're doing exactly what, you th- what it looks like sort of Occam's Razor stuff so
1: and at this point there's just no advantage <laughs> to tanking you're already so far behind that There's just no advantage.
2: Right. You could utilize this time to develop your young talent in the NHL. Um, It's perfectly fine. You can have good games. You can have bad games. And none of it will matter because you're not catching the second worst
0: team. Yeah. I mean, every team in the league is over 60 points. The ABS are at, what, 47 or 43? So...
2: (laughs) Uh, God, when you put it that way,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that may be a prediction we start looking for on the show: is will Colorado reach fifty points?
0: I think I was looking at that today, and I think they might. You know, with their average, they should get to forty-eight, maybe forty-nine points. So it's gonna be close. (laughs) That's
2: so bad. God, to think how disappointed we were last year. At what it was eighty, eighty-one points. Uh,
1: eighty points, fifty points. What's it matter? Eat Arby's. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's. That's what. That's going to be sixty-two points if they make it there. Less than they were three years ago. I mean, geez, how's that even possible with the same core? It's a nice yeah.
1: team y'all built over there. <laughs>
0: Imagine that. You get worse for three years in a row. (laughs) With guys that are in their prime.
1: (laughs) Very good players who are in their prime, and then nothing.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, Next year will be better.
1: We just start to wonder at this point about how much of a goal scorer Nathan McKinnon is really going to be. Because his career shooting percentage remains pretty low.
0: That's something I'll lay on Bednar too. There's just there's just something wrong with the offense they run.
1: I mean that's generally true, but I mean when you look at um, the kind of career numbers that McKinnon has come up with, which I'm uh, 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 saying very slowly as I enter the information into my computer to go find it.
0: Look at the uh, power. I mean Detroit had the worst power play in the league going into the last two games. They they now have the 29th, and, and we are last. (laughs) <laughs> without that boost from a power play, I mean, you know, that you don't want to rely on the power play to get a lot of points, but, you know, if you're a scorer, you know, that can kind of kick you in the pants. If you're not scoring five V five, you know, get a power play goal and you get a little confidence and start rolling that into your even strength play. Well, all of the best goal scorers
2: in this league get a lot of five V four goals. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just universal and the avalanche have, not outside of what Matt Shane last year. Yeah.
1: But McKinnon has he shot ten percent his eighteen year old season as a rookie. Um, which is normal. <laughs> which is basically league average for like de- decent forwards, right? Um, yeah.
2: In fact, maybe even low.
1: Might be a little bit low for 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 his goal scorers. It's definitely low. A guy like Stam- somebody of Stam- his talent, like obviously no one's trying to call him Stephen Stamkos, but a guy like Stamkos shoots fifteen percent and doesn't doesn't lift an eyebrow. Um, But I mean since then it's
2: been 7.3 8.6, 6.8 It's getting lower His
1: career shooting percentage is 8% And yeah it's lower this season than it's been But not by that much
0: Supposedly he's been injured most of the season too Ever since the World Cup he's had problems with both his ankles Huh
1: Well then Then that comes right back down to criticism of the coaching staff Again for playing him anyway
0: I mean, it's it's probably bad. It's it's not bad enough that he can't play, obviously. I mean, he still looks, you know, he can still skate and stuff like that, but it's just, you know, on a day-by-day basis. You know, you've got Landy looking awful this year, too, and he's going to have hip surgery right after the season. You know, there's, there's some injury problems on the with the, the good guys on the team. You know, you've, you've had Johnson, Varley, maybe McKinnon, and definitely Landeskog with some serious injuries that they have to take care of. So. tough
2: guy hockey culture, man. Got to play through everything. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see some of those problems get fixed at the end of the year. I mean, shoot, if you got a guy who needs hip surgery, and you've got like a a right wing down in the AHL, the AJ Greer who needs to play a little bit, shut him down, dude. Just get the season over with.
1: Just don't make it Not worse. That. Right. Don't delay the surgery. I mean, if there's any kind of delay in his recovery time from a hip, that's going to slow down next season.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that Gre- the way Greer's been used lately in the AHL, he's been <clears throat> like last night they were using him as the puck mover out of the out of the zone a bunch. Um, and
2: <laughs> everybody has to play center before they get to join the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's just, he's usually F one. He's usually the first guy in the zone because he's going to be in front of the net or working in the corners, and. Mm-hmm. Last night, a bunch, he was the guy that was taking the pass from the D-man and working it through the neutral zone a lot. So, I don't know if that's something maybe the staff wants him to work on a little bit and maybe they're going to call him up for, you know, maybe he'll be the last call-up. Um, you know, they, they do have one left. You know, it does seem
2: to be a pattern, though. I mean, Rantanen didn't get a good shot until he played a bunch of center, you know, down the HL. were some defensive responsibilities and, you know, weren't how to take face-offs and you know, I think it's definitely helped him this year. Uh, Comfort definitely already plays center, so wasn't quite the same issue. Well, so, uh, I
1: I think some uh, some confidence helped Miko more than playing center in the AHL, frankly, because when when he played when he was up with the team last year, he just looked like he wasn't sure about anything.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then after dominating the AHL for a year, he comes back to the NHL and looks like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna fall down a lot as we get started here. And I'm not going to be scoring a lot as we get started, but I'm going to be—I know what I should be doing, and you're not going to stop me from doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think you know, if I had to, if I had to say one thing was holding AJ Greer back from being called up to the Avalanche, I would say it would be his play in the defensive zone, and that's something that they've really seemed to be working with him lately. You know, maybe the past five. 10 games sort of putting him in more defensive situations, giving him more defensive responsibility. So, you know, maybe they're grooming him for a call up. Maybe they're just, you know, getting him where he needs to be for next season, but um, you know, it's, it's good to see because you know, when, when Comfer was down and not injured, that was their main scoring line was Greer Comfer and Grimaldi. And you know they really tried to get those guys as much offensive zone time as possible, and they really didn't use them, you know, PKing or a lot of defensive zone draws, that kind of stuff. Um, and now that now the Confer's up and the line lines have been shuffled a bunch, you know, they're kind of you know, kind of making Greer a little more of a two way forward, which is you know it's only going to make him better.
1: So should we look ahead to the next week? Let's do it. We have to? <laughs> we, we unfortunately do have to have to look ahead to next week, because no matter how hard we try, we continue to march into the future. Indeed. So coming up this week, Colorado have a pair of home games, first on Tuesday against the Blues at 7 o'clock Mountain, then on Thursday against the Oilers, and on Saturday the Avs pay a return visit to Edmonton at 8 o'clock Mountain. All games are on altitude. Enjoy your healthy dose of uh, Connor McJesus and uh, whoever else plays for Edmonton. I don't think anybody. I think he just nope. won B5s the whole game, right?
2: Leon does it all by himself.
1: So St. Louis has been uh, in an, an interesting place since they traded Kevin Shattenkirk to the Capitals, and he's gotten suspended for something, actually. For, yeah. For charging. I didn't know he was capable of doing, but whatever. St. Louis in, in their last 10, um, R7 3 0. So, Trey can't have hurt him that bad. Third spot in the Central. By how much? They're fine. <laughs> They're, yeah, I mean, most, they I think all the playoffs, playoffs are, are tied pretty
0: close set.
1: Yeah, there's six points between the second wild card and the Kings, which uh sucks for Jerome McKinla.
0: He's going to play in 100% of their playoff games.
1: <laughs> he is. Maybe they can justify getting that pick for that. 0 is 100% of 0. <laughs> and LA's only possible Argument against that can be look, when we try to divide zero by zero to see if that's true, we just we just get you can't do that. So, obviously, there's some fuzzy logic going on here.
2: Need to give him a better calculator, one of yeah. those cool Texas instrument ones, you know, from high school. You can do that.
1: You know, I have like three of those sitting in a box next to me. <laughs> one of them is one of the nice silver ones, too. There you go. So, that's a nice one. Um, I don't know how good I feel about the coming week.
2: I don't feel that
0: good at all, really.
2: Yeah, I still see them getting one win because they kind of are eking out like a good performance every other game or so.
0: Yeah, I, I I think I don't think they'll beat the Blues. I think they'll get one off Edmonton just because it's tough to beat anybody back to back.
2: Right, I think the Avalanche have been playing better at home. I would, I foresee them winning that middle game on Thursday, at home against the Oilers.
0: Yeah, they're good on Thursday. I think.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll just have to ask Eliash that one too.
0: <laughs> what is the Avalanche's best day for winning games? And can
2: we only play games on that day, please?
1: <laughs> it's none of them, it turns out. <laughs>
0: Turns out it's July Fourth.
2: Yep, uh, put me down for two points.
1: <laughs> it's how um, my reaction to that was. That seems optimistic. So that's pretty, <laughs> pretty yeah. sad reaction. I think they'll they'll drop one in overtime to Connor McDavid personally, and I don't think they'll get any more points.
0: One Ooh. point. Ooh. one point. That would be their fourth overtime or shootout loss of the year.
1: They haven't had that many of them. It's
0: true. No, haven't deserved very many no. of them. Yeah, no. they
1: typically lose by more than one.
0: They're so good. When they make it that far, they generally win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got? Earl, are you going zero points?
0: Ah, uh, no, I'll go two. Okay. I I I don't have a lot of confidence in that, but I think they'll beat. They'll win one of the home games somehow. All right, dig
1: it. So we have uh, such i I don't know how to, I don't know how to spend it in a good way at all, but we've predicted, it's like one, two, and two points here. And uh, for some reason I thought it was a good idea to scooch around in my chair and make a whole bunch of terrible ambient noise while I talk so I can't edit it out. Hey, production. But... uh, (laughs) Whether it's zero, one, two, or six points next week, you know that you can find out here. Thanks as always for tuning in. Um, if, if you are listening to a weekly podcast and making it all the way through the hour, this season you are like the hardest core of fan that is out there, and we appreciate you. Um, you can always catch the latest episodes at SoundCloud.com slash Mile High Hockey Podcast or on MixCloud.com slash Mile High Hockey Podcast or on iTunes or on whatever RSS catcher you enjoy. Or your phone app, or you know, you can, you can, we have an RSS feed, you can find us. And we post to the site, which is myhighhockey.com, home to the latest habs news, and updates, where you can follow on Facebook.com slash myhighhockey or on Twitter at milehighhockey. Um, unexpected question of the week How many goals will Eric Johnson score against St. Louis?
2: Five. <laughs> uh, put me down for one, you can get one.
1: Zero is my prediction. We will see you next week. <laughs> it is Joe Sakek scores!
0: scores! Surely that's gotta be it! <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard with that one. That was unexpected. I meant for the rest of the season. Don't they play him three times? Oh.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Lots of <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I caught myself off guard. I didn't know that I was going to ask a question. And then I got halfway through it and said, what am I going to ask? Dubnik has oh, let well. in four goals, unless they've already switched, within ah. 29 minutes.
2: Regressing to the mean all in one game.
1: I, I didn't actually mean to watch that. I meant to bring up the box score. Thank you, NHL, for having such a wonderful website.
2: <laughs> Not. <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to run, but thanks, guys. Uh, I'll talk to you next
1: week. See you.
0: All right. See cool. you, Ron. Later. All right. See you, Steph.
1: Bye. No, he's played at all. Wait a minute. Ten shots?